0: If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521.
1: Gideon from Hiding to Hero. We're gonna have a two-part message here from Judges chapter six and seven. This new series is about unsung heroes who were led by God God can use the most ordinary person to accomplish his will he can use you he can use me all we need to do is be people of faith and if you're a person of faith it doesn't mean you're perfect it means you're in process the good news is that if we turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32, the author of Hebrews is listing in the hall of faith all the famous people who throughout the Bible lived by faith in the Lord and His Word. And Hebrews 11, 32 says, And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, and then he lists all the other incredible things that they did. In other words, Gideon's life, when you look at the epitaph, when you look on his tombstone, does not highlight his weaknesses. It simply points out, He was a man of faith. He lived by faith. Habakkuk says, the just shall continue to live by faith. Are you perfect? No. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. But we live by faith in the Lord and in His Word. So with that preface, we are going to look at the fact that Gideon had clay feet up to his kneecaps. He was imperfect, but God used him anyway. God used him as he will use us. And we can relate to Gideon. How can we relate to Gideon? We can relate to him because Gideon was a coward. Gideon was a doubter. And by the time the Lord moved in his life and transformed him from hiding to hero, He became Gideon the Conqueror. This could be your biography. It could be my biography. Have we ever struggled with fear? Have we ever struggled with doubt? I would dare say all of us have. And perhaps right now, we're struggling with fear and anxiety and doubt. The Lord wants to meet us the Lord wants to grow us. The Lord wants to assure us. The Lord wants us to have faith in him because he wants us to rise up and become conquerors, more than conquerors through Christ who loves us and gave himself for us. So first let's look at Gideon the Coward. Judges chapter 6, 11 and 12. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah, that belonged to Joash the Ebazite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now to appreciate this, we need to point out several things. Number one, Gideon was hiding. Where was he hiding? In a wine press. A wine press is where you stomp on the grapes. But he was out of view from the Midianites and he was threshing wheat. Why was he hiding? He was scared to death of the Midianites that they might come and that they might take what little he had and perhaps kill him. So, if anything, he wasn't a mighty warrior he was just the plain old farmer and he's hiding to preserve what little he has and this angel of the lord says to him the lord is with you mighty warrior now that looks like an oxymoron it looks like the opposite he's calling a coward hiding in a wine press a mighty warrior It seems like he's mocking Gideon, but he's not. In actuality, he is anticipating what Gideon will become by faith. When Jesus saw Peter, who was then known as Simon, he renamed him. You shall be called Peter, which means rock. Jesus gave a nickname to Peter To Simon, Peter, which is rock, he saw the potential. He knew what he would grow up to be through faith in him. The Lord looks at you, and he sees you and has a nickname for you, and it's complimentary, and it speaks of your strength. It speaks of your potential. It speaks of your future. He wants to move you out of hiding to be his hero. He wants to move you from being a coward to being a conqueror. It's so interesting, this reference to the angel of the Lord. When you see that phrase, that is referring to a Christophany. A Christophany means the appearance of Christ before he was physically born as a human being. You know that Jesus is the Son of God. He is God. He is eternal. He always existed. He exists now and he will always exist. So in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord is a reference to Jesus. Jesus came to Gideon. Jesus said, in essence, I am with you. And the way I see you is as a mighty warrior. Now for me, I am personally blessed to hear this. Because the name Lewis... L-O-U-I-S means mighty warrior. And if there's anyone who did not see himself as a mighty warrior, growing up as a skinny Malini who is six foot in grade school, just awkward as can be, I did not see myself as a mighty warrior. But through trusting in the Lord and through following the Lord, I've seen him grow me. I went from boy power to man power, not just because of Boy Scouts, but because of the Lord. Next we see Gideon the coward and understand this context better by looking at Judges 6, 1 and 2. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts caves, and strongholds. So what is the background for Gideon? The book of Judges points out a cycle. The cycle is the people of God forgot God, worshipped idols, and because of that, he gave them over to their choice, and then an outside group, an enemy power, would oppress them. And then they'd be so oppressed They would cry out to the Lord. The Lord would raise up a judge who would deliver them. That's the pattern of judges. And how interesting that is because that's a pattern that many experience today. We forget God. We don't live for God. We rebel against God. We turn to other sources and make those our God. Then we make a mess. Then we're in trouble. Then we're in bondage, oppression, and we are suffering. Then we cry out for help, and God is gracious. God hears our cries. God delivers us. He helps us. But notice that the people were so oppressed by the Midianites over a seven-year period that they're at their bottom. They're at the lowest point. And they are all hiding. So to be fair, was Gideon the only coward? No. They were all hiding. The text tells us in Judges 6 that the Midianites were oppressive and they ravaged the land and that they were as multitudinous as a horde of grasshoppers. They covered the land like pests, and they were able to take away and destroy what little crops, and they killed the donkeys and the horses. They left nothing. In an agricultural economy where your farming and your animals is all you have, to keep on marauding what you have, these pirates were overwhelming, and the people were at a low point. So Gideon the coward, it says that the Lord had told him to go and tear down this this, uh, altar to Baal and to Asherah. And it says in Judges 6.27, so Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him, but because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. Another example of the cowardice of Gideon. He wanted to be a secret believer. And God wants us to step up and step out and take a stand for him. Because he did this, they said, who did it? And they found out it was Gideon. His dad came to his defense and said, hey, if Baal wants to uh, defend his own altar, let him contend with Gideon, and Gideon got the nickname Baal Contender, that he was someone who challenged the false god Baal. And that's a start. He's starting to move from coward to courageous conqueror, but he's still struggling because he did it at night. You remember that Nicodemus was a religious leader, part of the Sanhedrin during the time of Jesus, and he came to Jesus at night why did he come at night he didn't want to be found out he wanted to have a private meeting with jesus and the moment jesus saw him he said unless you be born from above you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven jesus was straight with nicodemus i know you've come here to find out who i am and what i'm about and i'm going to cut to the chase you've got to be born again You've got to be born of the Spirit. Nicodemus was a secret believer, a secret follower. But after Jesus died on the cross, who came to claim his body publicly? Nicodemus. And so God wants to move us from being secret, undercover Christians to boldly living for him. In a previous congregation, I asked an executive with a major grocery chain, if I could go to work with him and shadow him throughout his day. And he gladly accepted and asked me to come along. And uh, he would introduce me. This is my pastor. And some said, Pastor, we didn't know you were a Christian. And that was very humbling to him. He realized he's got to raise his flag and wave it. Let people know who you are and where you stand. Don't be a secret agent Christian. So now we move from Gideon the coward to Gideon the doubter. When the angel of the Lord, which is Jesus, said he was a mighty warrior, he said, pardon me, my Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Isn't that like a doubter? A doubter will question God. Now, it's not wrong to ask questions of God. It's wrong to question the motives of God. God is all-wise, His ways are above our ways as the heavens are above the earth. When people sin and persist in their sinning, God, who honors their free will, gives them over to the consequences of their sin. And they invited the oppression and the tyranny that they were suffering from. Whose fault is it? Is it God's fault? No. The people made a choice. Is God faithful? Yes. Did God deliver them from Egypt? Yes. Is he able to deliver them from the Midianites? Absolutely yes. But how is Gideon posing this question? With skepticism. If the Lord is with us, it sure doesn't feel that way. But you know, and I know from Romans 8, if the Lord be with us, who can be against us? You and the Lord are a majority. Take comfort in knowing that the Lord is with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And don't always count on signs and wonders. Yes, signs and wonders are powerful demonstrations of God and His kingdom. But if you live by experience and not by trust in the Word, you'll put experiences above the Bible. And you don't ever want to do that. Experiences of signs and wonders should always be submissive and read in context with the word of God. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Now, here again, I get to see parallels. I see a parallel between Gideon and Peter because the Lord said, he's a mighty warrior, and he said to Peter, you're a rock. I see a parallel here with Paul, who was Saul. He was persecuting the church, and on the road to Damascus, the Lord said, why are you persecuting me? He was persecuting the followers of the way, but Jesus himself was saying, you touch one of mine, and you're touching me. Why are you persecuting me? Why are you kicking against the goats? And Paul says, Not so. Or Saul says, Not so, Lord. That's the wrong thing to say to the Lord. He's either Lord of all or Lord not at all, but you never say no, Lord. You say yes, Lord. And what does Gideon do? He questions the Lord. The Lord says, Am I not sending you? Who's sending you? The Lord himself. That should be enough. I take my marching orders from the commander-in-chief, Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if he says, go, I say, aye, aye, sir. That's the way lordship works. But Gideon is not there yet. So he's questioning, always questioning. And he says, pardon me, my lord. This is the second time he says, Excuse me, Lord. Or, but Lord, I got a problem. What's your problem? Well, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. What is Gideon doing as a doubter? He's focusing in on himself, not on the greatness of God. You see, fear is when we believe our circumstances are bigger than God. Fear is when we believe our circumstances are bigger than God. There's no way God's going to deliver us from the Midianites. They're too big. They're too numerous. They're too oppressive. They're too violent. They're too evil. Fix your eyes on God. God's calling you. God is calling you to rise up. God is calling you to greater things. God is calling you to be a victor, not a victim. God's calling you to thrive, not just survive. He's calling you, and if He Himself is calling you, why are you staring at your belly button? Oh, woe is me! I'm just a poor little guy What can one person do? That was not the question. The Lord is sending you. The Lord is calling you. Fix your eyes upon the Lord. Trust in Him. Follow His calling. So the Lord reassures him. And this is so precious to me. Our God knows how weak we are, how frail we are, how doubtful we are, He knows that we are prone to fear and anxiety and to just plain questioning everything he's trying to do. But guess what? He's patient with us. He says to Gideon, I myself will be with you. And you will, beyond a shadow of a doubt guaranteed, strike down All the Midianites, leaving none alive. You will have complete and total victory. Why? Because I am with you. And what I say goes. What I say happens. And I assure you, you're a conqueror. I assure you, you're a mighty warrior in my eyes. Shouldn't that change how you look at yourself? The Lord is patient. He says, why are you questioning yourself? Why are you doubting yourself? Why are you disqualifying yourself from me using you when I'm the one who recruited you? When I'm the one who called you? When I am the one who had Jesus die on the cross for you so your sins could be forgiven and you could be included into my family? Why? Are you questioning my destiny for you? I have better for you. Stop hiding. Stop doing things in the night so you won't see, be seen. Trust me. Rise up. I am with you. Am I not the one sending you? These are powerful words. And the only thing that's going to move us from fear to faith is to believe in the Word of God. Is to take what He says and believe it, to claim it, to apply it to us. If the Lord says it, it's true. If I have a problem with what God says, because my emotions say, I'm inadequate, I'm incompetent, I'm unable but the word says rise up i call you and who should i listen to my emotions or the word of god i should listen to the word of god the word of god of god is the authority for all life and practice and this is what we're going to get into next week and that is the asking for a sign but let me cover one sign today, and then we'll do the fleece, putting out the fleece next week, which is going to be really fun. Right off the top, Gideon asks for a sign. He says, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it's really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord, here again, is so patient. He adjusted. He waited until Gideon made a meal for him, and he told Gideon to put it on a rock, and the angel of the Lord touched the meal with his staff, and fire flared from the rock and consumed the meat and the bread, and then the angel of the Lord disappeared. In that moment, Gideon knew beyond the shadow of a doubt, because he had been doubting, "Is this really the Lord?" He said. uh, He it says when Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, "Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face." And back then, if you thought you saw the angel of the Lord, which is God, face to face, you're a goner. You're dead. But the Lord said to him, peace, you're not going to die. Do not be afraid. Um, So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Shalom. Why do we struggle with doubt? Because we don't believe in God. We don't believe God. We don't take God at his word. When we finally realize that God is God, And we're not. When we finally realize that God's word is true and trustworthy, guess what happens to us? We have peace. The Lord is our peace. The word shalom means um, well-being. Shalom is a sense of well-being. It's a sense of wholeness. And we have that sense of well-being and wholeness in the Lord. He is our peace. You want to move from doubt to peace? Then take God at His word. You want to move from a coward to conquer? Then realize the Lord is with you. The Lord is calling you to follow Him in this adventure of faith. He will lead you to wholeness, to a sense of well-being. The Lord is your security and your significance. The whole world is searching for these two things. The world is searching for security. Oh, if only I was safe. If only I had assurance that things are going to work out. If only I was well taken care of, and I didn't have fears and worries that I'm going to be destroyed, or something horrible is going to happen to me. Security is in the Lord. Significance is in the Lord. If only my life mattered. If only um, I could do something that will outlast me. If only I was important to someone and to something. Guess what? Your significance comes from the Lord. Security and significance. They're found in the Lord. He is Jehovah Shalom. Wholeness is found in him. That moves you from doubt to peace.
0: Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-8920521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530. 530- to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.